You're listening to the Build and Bloom podcast with host Jessica Whitaker, an educator of film and digital photography to beginners, both in workshops across the globe and online. Creator of the Build and Bloom group on Facebook, one of the largest and most engaged photography communities with over 60,000 members, and founder of non-profit Sister Sister, a monthly networking group for young women in media. Jessica Whitaker cuts the fluff and will help you to grow your photography business with practical, actionable tips in every episode. If you're ready for a roadmap to a better personal and professional balance, then Build and Bloom podcast will help encourage, empower, and educate you to not only build your dream business, but sustain it. And now, here's your host, Jessica Whitaker. Hello and welcome to the Monday Motivation mini-series on the Build and Bloom Photography Podcast. This is a casual conversation between you and me where I give you one action point that you can implement into your business the next four days. At the end of the podcast, uh, or at the end of the lesson rather, I'll be answering a few personal questions about myself just so that you can get to know me outside of just being a photographer. This episode, we are going to be talking and continuing the conversation about photography websites. We are going to be chatting on the About Me page. Last week's episode, we talked about what should be on your homepage, something called above the fold before people even scroll down. So definitely check out that episode after this one because they work together. Today, we're going to be talking about the about me. Before we go any further in the podcast, I do want to let you know that my web designer, Amanda Berg of the website workroom and I have worked together to create Four photography website templates for the Show It platform. These website templates are unlike anything else that Show It has to offer. They're high converting and they also, beyond just having the typical pages that you need for your photography site, there's also a shop page where you could sell Lightroom presets or other digital products. There's a fully I mean, this blog page is in the 21st century. This blog is not just like scrolling through an endless stream of posts. It's organized out so you can build it out for galleries. And there's also a sales page. So if you want to come out with one-on-one coaching, your own online workshop, whatever you are going to be creating that's a product you're able to sell, the sales page is also ready. Because Amanda also has a background in in journalism and she's a professional copywriter, she has, oh my gosh, this is one of the best features about these sites. She has put prompts of what to write where. This whole system is designed to have you go live in four easy steps. There's video tutorials for each of the templates and having the ability to say, here's your about me. This is what you can say. These are the different points to touch on. Let's talk about your homepage. Say this here, say that here. And then at the bottom, we're going to say this. So all of these sections where you would be sitting there writing over and over, delete, does this sound good? Does this make sense? That's all done for you. You just have to fill in the blanks. You have to fill in the prompts. And the sales page has a sales outline for you, which is (laughs) hiring a copywriter to create a sales page is expensive, very expensive. I've done it several times 
trust me, it's not the most fun thing to do in the world or to redo. She has built out an outline to already save you hundreds. So if you are interested in these show it templates, or if you're just curious, show that support. Go and browse the demo websites. Check it out at thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop. And you can use the code Jessica for 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop. Jessica for 10% off. This will also be in the show notes description of this podcast episode. I'm so excited to be talking about websites. It's something I've been teaching on for the four years. I've been teaching photography and to finally have templates that are created that tie in everything I've taught for the past four years into a like it's not a physical product but an actual product that you could immediately implement into your business that you see on the front end it's just so awesome now we're gonna get into what you should have on the about me and I'm curious to note as well do you want me to continue to talk about websites kind of break it down every week give you a task or are you wanting to learn something else let me know in the build and bloom facebook group just search build and bloom in facebook groups if you're not a member it's an amazing free resource of kind encouraging inclusive photography community it's female founded all of which the photography industry needs more of in our group you're you're welcome in you are able to ask questions even the ones that you might feel silly asking you might be they might be considered quote dumb unquote questions in other groups we are here to support you and to encourage you and that's been the heartbeat of the group since I launched it in 2016. Let's get into the episode again this is a really casual conversation and I have to be honest with you (laughs) well I'm always honest I need to stop saying I have to be honest with you and maybe this is something we could implement in our businesses this week I always like hear or read something that was like whenever people start out by saying I have to be honest with you I want to be transparent with you it sounds like you're not being honest in all the other things you're talking about and I know that most of us know the intention is just to really uh, to really kind of emphasize the transparency, but it could kind of come off in a another vibe. It also doesn't sound as authoritative. And so I really am trying to fix up my vocabulary and stop saying and like how I speak about my ideas and my thoughts without referencing it by saying, I have to be honest with you because I'm always honest. Anyways, just a little side tip. This is a casual conversation. If you want a more structured show, go to all the other episodes, but this is really intended to be like a one take, no editing. We're sitting down, coffee with your friends, and we're going to talk about how to get your business uh, sorted out. So the About Me is the page where you can share obviously about you like am I serious let's move on where you share about you however this is not you you might have on your about me you love coffee you're an etogram nine you love Jesus um maybe you have you're really making it all about you with just fun facts that's not enough you need to flip it and this is what Amanda has said Flip it to be about them. We don't care if you like coffee and you're an Etogram 9. That's not enough to make somebody book you. Everybody, Amanda said this in the Build and Bloom episode 
But <laughs> we did an episode together. Check it out. It's like three episodes down with Amanda talking about just a huge conversation about what to have on your website and not and what not to have. But nobody cares if you like coffee. So does 99.9% of the population. What can you do to make your about me count where you are still serving your client, your audience in every single page so that they don't get to the about me and are just like, this is irrelevant information or, oh, cute, but that doesn't make me want to book you anymore. Even if they're thinking it subconsciously, what you want to do is share what makes your photo shoot experience, what will make the experience with them different, what makes the client experience different right in the perspective of how you are helping them rather than the about me is all about me and I like coffee and I'm an Enneagram 9. If you are really into the Enneagram, I don't really have any advice for you, but you all know my opinion on the Enneagram. We talked about it in a few episodes back, but if you are an Enneagram, whatever, and you want to share that, then really go harder with it. Maybe make it a bit more clever and cute. This is like the one page that I do think it's okay to be like super clever and super cute. Um, on your home page. that's not really not the place because you want to just get their attention of who you are, what you serve, like what kind of photography exactly you do. And, um, where you're located. So the About Me, you have a little bit more wiggle room. And so you can be cute and clever by playing up the whole what your Enneagram is. But, you know, maybe you make it like some kind of thing like, but you, you are the one nine who works well together with all the other Enneagram numbers. I don't know. I don't know anything about Enneagrams. Um, you want to go harder with it. Now, I'm going to pause here and say, if you want to learn what to exactly write on the About Me page, I, we covered all of that in the episode with Amanda Burke. Just scroll down a little bit on the episode's page and she goes so much more in detail. I want to share more of the visuals actually on your About Me. And this is something that is going to be a lot easier for you to implement in the next five or four days this week because it's not going to take any of that writing. The writing is still super important and that's something that you do need to do, but I can see it being a bit of a roadblock for some people because you sit down at your computer and it's just a blank screen and you're overwhelmed and then you end up just sharing that you like coffee and the Enneagram 9, even though you knew you're not even an Enneagram 9. <laughs> so definitely listen to that episode. But I want to encourage you on your About Me, it should not be just white space. And this is something that I've seen in so many photography website audits that I have done for photographers. They'll have one photo of them. Maybe their face is covered up by a camera. Maybe it's just a black and white image and that's it. Then it's a big wall of text and white space. That means it's just the background. What I want you to do is photo speak a thousand words. This is where you could put in you with a cup of coffee, <laughs> you with the kind of dogs that you have, and people can still make that connection with you, but you're able to show your personality in a way that isn't just hee hee, I like coffee written down. It's a cute photo of you at a cafe. You're dressed in your personal, your, your personal style is really showing in all these images. These images should reflect you to a T from the clothes that you wear to how you do your makeup. If you do your makeup, like you love doing colorful eyeshadow, super bold looks, very, very like full on glam. Do that here. Show this is about you and you want to present yourself in the truest form here. So sprinkle other photos of you beyond just the main image on your about me. 
The photo that is next to the wall of text should be, I recommend, and you can twist this also and apply it to your business, a photo where you're making eye contact with the camera and smiling. Doesn't have to be a full-on smile with the teeth. It could be a little cute smize, but making eye contact with the camera and doing a little grimace. <laughs> no, but like doing a smile. If you are not wanting to do a smile, you want to do something more edgy, okay, go with that. Just make eye contact. The point is I want to be able to see both your eyes, your face clearly, and make that eye contact for that scientific facial recognition vibe. <laughs> And then as you scroll down, maybe you're going to have a row of four images that are all cropped the same. Maybe they're cropped to square. They're all about the same size or they are all the same size. So they're nice and uniform. There's a photo of you. Uh, mine is in front of the Eiffel Tower because I like to travel. Uh, then I have a photo of me in Seattle. Maybe you have a photo of you and your pet. Maybe you have a photo of you out in nature. Maybe you have another side hustle passion project maybe you're really into activism and that's a really big huge heartbeat that you have share that on your about me through the images images are going to speak so much more than the words and then you're able to even get your point across about who you are and make that common connection with people and build up common ground by images so if they don't even read the text that you have they can still get a feel for who you are so what I want you to do this week is go into your website, go to your about me, and I want you to first listen to the episode with Amanda Berg on, the, it's just the most recent one. It's how to, what to say on your website, what not to say. We talk about like the homepage. There's a lot of amazing, amazing information in that episode. I want you to listen to it and put it on your to-do list to implement. But for the next four days, this is something that is very it's not intimidating. You don't have to write anything yet. Go through your camera roll. It could be on your phone, wherever, hard drive, and pick out four images that best represent you, your passions, your personality. I mean, you could even have an iPhone photo thrown in there if you want. It doesn't have to all be perfect headshots from a DSLR. I have a photo of me actually, I think, on like a film camera on there. Basically looks like an iPhone photo, like it's not the best. But if it's edited well, I think that it can kind of, it can still speak volumes. And it's here about me. It could be a bit more casual. It's not all of your work isn't all hosted on this one page. If you have enough images of your photography on the rest of your website, like we talk about in the episode with Amanda, then you're totally fine to put like one iPhone photo in the midst. And I think it can kind of add an interesting dimension. I mean, use user discretion advised. Don't, don't have it be like a blurry front facing camera <laughs> photo, but you can see my point. Go through those four images, pick out those four images and pop it onto your website. It's that easy. Put it underneath the wall of text or edit that wall of text. Listen to the episode with Amanda and edit that wall of text. Put it where they don't have to necessarily scroll all the way down to the bottom, but it should be right below your text, your main image. And even evaluate that main image. Is the camera covering your face? If so, put a, put a photo, maybe have an image in that same set where the camera is off to the side. But put that photo up there, change it out if need be, and then four below. Boom, instant personality. 
without having it be so basic like I like coffee and Jesus. You could have that in the images where it's a photo of you with coffee, maybe a photo of you, I don't know, holding your Bible or like serving in church. I don't know. <laughs> but do you see my point of that's going to be not so it's going to be a, it allows you to have a better use of space with the text to serve your audience and to flip it and make it about them in the text. And then you could have those other facts. But there's more interesting things about you, though, than coffee. Trust me, dig through your mind. It's not going to take long. And those pick out what is unique about you and put those in the images. Okay, I'm going on and on and on. So that is super simple, very simple. And I think we're ready to move into the Q&A portion. I asked you in the Build and Bloom Photography Facebook group to drop some questions. And I also did a photography Q&A over on my Instagram account at Jessica Whitaker. And I'm going, to, I'm going to be pulling questions from both posts because there's a good mix on all of them. And if you're not following on Instagram, that's where I share daily tips, tools, and resources for your photography business. So go and check out my page, give a follow, and you will be up to date with all the tips, tools, and resources that you need. Let's get into the Q&A. The first question comes from Instagram and it reads, should I invest in Instagram or Facebook ads to get clients? Do you have other suggestions to get clients? So I want to really encourage anyone who's thinking about running Facebook ads or Instagram ads for their photography to instead first invest in the front end of your business so that once you start paying for these ads, people are going to the best website that you have the most updated website, everything is in tip top shape. So, I mean, tying into what we just talked about, the most first important front end of your business is your website. So making sure your website is fully functional, it's easy to navigate, and it's high converting. And your about me page is edited with some photos of you. <laughs> and your homepage, it's above the fold. Listen to the previous Monday Motivation podcast for that. So then another area of the front end of your business is branding, maybe your emails. And I know emails is so vague and, it, and it's so broad, but emails can be uh, how fast you respond. It could be if you have tons of common questions that you get in your inbox that you keep finding yourself typing out again and again, make some email templates for yourself, put them into a Google Doc, and then just use that copy and paste um, and edit accordingly per email. But really nail down the front end what clients see and read. And then the back end of your business. So your booking process, your system, uh, maybe automate your systems. Maybe automate the booking process. My favorite automation tool is HoneyBook. You're probably sick of hearing about HoneyBook because everybody is trying to get that affiliate commission. And for good reason, it's amazing commission. And me too. Go to jessicawhitaker.co slash HoneyBook to see all of my favorite features um, and to grab a free trial. <laughs> so I'm serious though. I know you guys have heard about HoneyBook so much and you are sick of hearing it. But it's, it is such an awesome, an awesome tool. It's overwhelming though. And so what I advise people to do is to 
Only start that free trial once you have maybe two days where you, not two full days, oh my gosh, not 48 hours. It's not like you have to learn coding or anything, but give yourself like two evenings, two hours for two evenings to navigate HoneyBook because there's tons of tools. Some are better than others, in my opinion. The main ones that I share are on my jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook page and I would focus on just exploring those otherwise it's so it's so overwhelming and it's like impossible to get started but once you have a good idea of how to navigate the platform it really becomes very intuitive there's just a lot to honeybook so jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook for my favorite uh, features and that would be the automation so you can kind of set up one system where when somebody books you for an engagement shoot, they are automated. Their walk through the process of booking automatically. You only had to set up the process once and then you could funnel clients into the booking. So from signing contracts, from getting them on the calendar to invoices being sent out, you don't have to, it cuts down the back and forth because it's automated. And then back to the websites, you guys know where to go to find a good high converting photography website template, especially if you're wanting to start from scratch, thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop. So next question is what to do if a client doesn't say thank you or acknowledge after you sent the photos. It's such an awkward thing, right? Like we're sitting there nervous for a day and a half wondering like why they haven't said anything. Do they hate my images? Oh my gosh. No, no, no. People are just busy. Just because it's radio silence doesn't mean that they hate them. But I know that it can feel awkward on your end when it's crickets on a project that you're stoked to deliver. So what I recommend is to give it two business days and then follow up an email to check in on them. And the email can just say, hey, Bumblebee, Bumblebee is my dog. Hey, Bumblebee, I wanted to see if you had any problems downloading the files. If they have already downloaded, don't, don't ask them that because then it just get to the point. Say, um, I want to hear like what you thought of them. If you were happy with the final images, can't wait to hear back from you and move along. Keep it simple. The Next question I'm going to pull is from Instagram, and I think I've answered this in a Monday motivation before, but oh well. <laughs> How do you send the final images to a client? Email, Dropbox, Google Drive? None of the above, actually. I use WeTransfer. What I love about WeTransfer, number one, no account necessary for you or for your client. All you have to do is go to wetransfer.com and you can use the free trial up to two gigabytes per email. So I was living, thriving off the free trial for years and years. And then eventually I had to pay to upgrade it. So I hate when the free trials are so good, but then there you run into the one that you're like, yes, I love this. WeTransfer is working for me. This is the most amazing resource. And then it's like, oh shoot, I have a project that's more than two gigabytes and I can no longer split it up. So once I started having to send like video files over WeTransfer, I had to pay for it. It was so hard. I know. But I, it's like, I want to say 12 or 18 dollars a month it's under 20 dollars and it's great it goes up to 20 gigabytes which is such a massive jump two gigabytes up to 20 like there's snow in between um and so you can totally though thrive off of the the free trial like i was even for weddings i would just divide up the images two gigabytes each like it's awesome um and don't need an account and so 
it basically sends your clients a link that they click. It downloads automatically as a zip file, which makes it so easy because no accounts necessary like you, I said, but even like your client's great, great grandpa could download the photos with no problem. Dropbox is so annoying. There's times when I download images from someone from Dropbox and it's no problem. That was so easy. And then other times it's so difficult or, oh my gosh, when I have to send images on Dropbox, it's a nightmare. So let's talk about insurance on gear. I think this is going to be one of the last questions from Instagram and then we're going to go into the Facebook group questions. So insurance on gear, where to purchase, what to cover. So yes, you should get insurance on your gear. If you have gone through an insurance agent for your car insurance, maybe home owner's insurance, I want you to first talk to them about it. I'm going to just say up front, I cannot really help you when it comes to insurance on gear because it's going to vary person to person so much. And we'll talk about kind of why that is. So an insurance agent is awesome because they are able to get you a good rate and sometimes bundle that with other things. So your travel insurance, car insurance, home insurance, and they can find you a better rate as time goes on. You work with your insurance agent. So for what to cover, you can cover pretty much um, like everything. So your camera gear, hard drives. Um, I don't know if you can cover, like some, some policies, you could cover the actual images on the hard drive, like the worth of them. Some are just the actual hard drives themselves. I know that kind of is a bummer. Um, and so an ag- insurance agent will be able to help you on exactly what can be covered, what qualifies, and they're going to also be able to walk you through the process of how to document these items. So I want to say, wow, casual conversation. I just took a slurp of the old iced coffee. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now, What a good first step, though, would be to document in a spreadsheet or a Google Doc, doc, yes, Google Doc, not Google Drive, maybe, but Google Doc um, of all your equipment. So take a photo of it and then take a photo maybe of the serial number if you have the box with it and then also write down the exact, so you're going to have those photos. This is why I say Google Drive. Put the photos in there. And then with text, say the model of the camera, how much you purchased it for. If you have a receipt, that's like the more information you can give them as possible. That's the best. Um, And also like any information on the box, serial number, because if something were to happen, it's going to be a lot quicker for you to be able to replace that gear with the insurance. They're going to be more likely to say, oh, okay, yes, here's the money. Here's your insurance money for that camera versus having no documentation of any of your stuff or only having like it listed just this is my camera the more information you can show in this google doc the faster the idea is the faster you would be able to get that insurance money you can do this through your hard drives um your camera lenses you should do it for all of your equipment and it is tedious but it's important and I mean, you can even do that. You can do this for so many different things. And so your insurance agent is going to help work with you. Maybe if you have like home and owner's insurance that might be covered under there, maybe you could get business insurance. It might be covered under that. Like you're going to want to talk to them. They're going to be able to get you a policy that works for you. Um, Bundle it, whatever. How you find an agent, I would recommend asking maybe your parents or close friend and start from there. Otherwise, 
you could do some Googling, find somebody um, or policy. So let's move into Facebook questions in the old Facebook group. So if you're not a member of the Build and Bloom Photography Facebook group, it's a free, kind, encouraging, and inclusive photography community. Um, it's free to join and it is going to be linked to the show notes or it's just going to be honestly easier for you to just search Build and Bloom on Facebook. So let's see. The very first question we are going to answer is... How long does it take you to create YouTube videos approximately? And would you ever consider doing a tutorial or small course on how to get started editing, filming, workflow, ETC? So that's a good question. I already have a video on YouTube all about how I film, plan, edit, upload everything, create thumbnails, create end cards for my YouTube videos. And it's just on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jessica Whitaker. Just scroll down a bit or use the search bar once you're on my channel for how to make YouTube videos. And it's all there for free. How long does it take me? I give myself about 10 hours total. Sometimes it's much less especially if I did a really good job in like the sitting down and filming part and I don't have a lot to edit. Sometimes it's more, but I say about like 10 hours. Also because my computer is very slow, the files are really large and it takes a long time just importing it, exporting it, uploading on my Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi is from 1981 kind of vibe. So I say about 10 hours and then check out my YouTube channel for the tutorials. Do you have a mentor? What do you look for in one? I don't have a mentor in business, but I do in life. Um, I have had a mentor ever since joining a youth group and I'm really thankful for them. Um, and my mentors have kind of shifted and changed as I've, you know, um, not just like grown older and like grown out of youth group because I still have like my old youth pastor is still so amazing and everything. But as I meet more people um, and more women, especially like older women, um, I've been able to have them as just mentors in my own life and which is so awesome. And my actually one of my mentors, she's so amazing. Um, she just happened to be like two blocks down from me in New York City. So I'd be able to hang out with her, talk about life, ask lots of questions, whatever. Um, I don't have one for like business, but I've been wanting to have one for a while. Um, it's just, I haven't really, I, I it actually, you know what? It wasn't until a few months ago that I did, I was introduced to two amazing women, amazing women um, who are, they're just great at business, but also they have integrity. They value diversity, being inclusive. Um, they're just so have they hold so many different values that are so important um that I would like to maybe connect with but to answer the question yes and no um the next question that I'm going to answer is how do you handle work-life balance I think I've talked about this before and I could totally make a Monday motivation episode on this aspect one of the biggest things I've started re-implementing into my business because I used to do this is delete the Instagram app off of my phone in the morning and in the night. So it may basically means when I'm at my desk, I download it. And then when I leave my desk, I delete it until the next day. I used to do this um, in New York when I had even more on my plate. 
And it was a great way for me to be able to really have a clear, just like this one thing of deleting Instagram was able to help me not be working all the time. Um, And I also already have any other social media apps that can be used on desktop are removed from my phone at all times. So Twitter, I don't have on my phone. Otherwise, I'll be scrolling through it. And I don't really use, I honestly don't really use Twitter that much. Um, But I do use it occasionally. So it doesn't hang out on my phone. It's on my desktop because even though I don't use Twitter that much, I think that's because I don't have it on my phone and I'm not scrolling through it. Facebook, I actually have on my phone now. I didn't for a long time, but I find it so much easier to approve posts in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Um, We do post approvals just to make sure everything is on topic, uh, to make sure that if there's some questions that are like not really phrased clearly enough or too vague, we can kind of say, okay, repost your question with more details so you can get more help, that kind of thing. And just to keep organized overall. Uh, And so... I do have Facebook on my phone because it's so much faster to approve on there versus on desktop. But the overall point is (laughs) try for the next four days, attempt, just give it a try even for one day to remove Instagram off of your phone for the night, for the morning, or even just one or the other, and then delete any apps that you can easily use on desktop. So when you're working, you can sit down and you have Twitter open and you're working, it's no problem, but you don't need Twitter all the rest of the day. That can really help, obviously, to reduce screen time. So we are just past the 30 minutes. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was super casual. But be sure to join the Build and Bloom Photography Facebook group if you haven't already. Find me on Instagram at Jessica Whitaker for daily tips, tools, and resources for your photography business. And if you are interested in browsing the four Show It website templates for photographers, go to thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop and use code Jessica for 10% off of your order. I believe in you. I believe in your business. And I'll see you around online. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Build and Bloom podcast. If you love the show, leave us a review on iTunes to keep it running. This also helps other photographers to find this free resource. Looking for more? Join over 60,000 photographers in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Just search for Build and Bloom in Facebook groups to join in the encouraging and empowering community. You can also find Jessica's tutorials and tools on YouTube and Instagram at Jessica Whitaker and show notes and further resources on her website, jessicawhitaker.co. Thanks for spending time here. Catch you in the next episode.